Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, will talk about the Super Bowl. Sam Thompson, one of our online journalists here at CJOB, will join us to talk about sightings of Justin Timberlake and Neil Young in Winnipeg. Randall Craig is the author of several books, including one called Social Media for Business. We'll talk to him about Facebook celebrating its 15th birthday today. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, joins us to talk about our wintry weather. And Kevin Klein, a city councillor, on the idea of warming centres for Winnipeg. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. I was out more, I was with you. I spent the weekend in Ethan We spent the late nights making things right between us. But now it's all good, babe. Roll out backward, babe. Let me know. Girls like you are now got like me So now when I call you I need a girl like you Yeah, yeah, girls like you Love fun and it that, of course, is Adam Levine at the Super Bowl He was alright, halftime show was okay I mean, as Super Bowl halftime shows go Probably one of the least interesting Over the past several years I like Adam Levine, but he's got one of those voices where I think he really needs to be in the studio. They got to tweak it a bit because he's got a real high voice, and there were times where he did not sound great. Let's start with the halftime show. We'll get to the game and the commercials. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, joins us on the phone. Hi, Dave. How are you? Outstanding. Welcome back, Al. Thank you, man. Uh, would you agree, Adam Levine, okay? What I thought was funny was the uproar with the, when he took his shirt off. Because, well, uh, I Janet Jackson, you know, she's basically blacklisted from the NFL and Super Bowls for showing a nipple, and all this guy running around shirtless. Isn't that funny you would say that? Because you know what? The, there was an uproar in my household as well because we were watching, and the first thing out of my wife's mouth was, why does Janet get in trouble when she takes her top off? She didn't mean to, and Adam Levine takes it off, and nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, guess, I mean, I don't see your wife as a social justice warrior, but uh, a lot of people are very serious about this, about this gender inequality now, about this. Adam Levine is a, is a hotbed of controversy. We thought this was going to be because of the Colin Kaepernick situation, yes. but it turns into a whole different kettle of fish. We weren't sure if he was going to kneel when they came out. We didn't know what was going to happen, and here everybody's talking about this. You're, you're right, though. Um, I, I see the point. I, I, I think it's a valid point. Well, I mean, the bottom line is you can take your shirt off at the beach and run around. We can as men, but uh, yeah. we don't want to, though. No, nobody. <laughs> well, you and I don't, no. <laughs> no, no but, <laughs> we don't want to. It's just the, the world we live in. But in terms of time, uh, as, as, you know, the halftime show goes, listen, there's, there's moments when you realize time is passing you by. Yeah. Because other than Big Boy, because um, they advertise him, I didn't know who the other guy was, yeah. but the people that are around me, uh, I was I was Hooters hosting the party. The people around me all know who these guys, the rappers were and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And 
And I realized, okay, I yep. don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Uh, I know doing. we're getting old, Dave, because I had to ask my wife all about him. I said, "What's this? What's this all about? Why is he spelled boy like that? Why is he spelled boy B O I?" I had to ask just, all the questions. Yeah. yeah. So you got the, the the two rappers that came out, but didn't they miss the golden opportunity during moves like Jagger? Where's Mick Jagger? Well, somebody was talking about that on social media. I was, and I thought, boy, that would be fantastic if he came out while uh, Adam was singing that song, while Maroon Five was doing that song. That that would have really uh, been fantastic. I'll just read a few text messages I'm getting here live as we're talking, Dave. Uh, somebody says here, great halftime show. Uh, man was, uh, and the man has a super physique as well. That does not hurt either. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Um, not that it matters. Uh, but I was, I was impressed with all the ink he has. I was like, wow, you got a lot of, a lot of tattoos on you. Um, uh, totally agree. Another one here. Totally agree with the color. Adam Levine performance was terrible. I don't know if it was terrible. I just didn't think it was all that great. Uh, somebody else here. Uh, I love Maroon 5, but even I thought it was meh. Hate to admit it, but the game finally got interesting when he took his shirt off. Uh, hubba hubba. Again, I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Not that it matters. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. I think uh, Adam Levine was fantastic. There's somebody else saying that he was uh, really good. And then somebody else pointing what I, I believe I, I prefaced my comments about Adam's performance with by saying that it's live and live is always iffy. But somebody yeah. else here pointing out by text how it's a live show. You're not supposed to sound perfect. better than lip syncing. Absolutely, it is better than lip syncing. No question. And it is live. And you do, and it's not even live. It's You're at a stadium where, come on, this sounds never great, and, you know, you've got seventy or 80,000 people in there, so it was okay. It was all right, but I just look back to some of the, like, McCartney and the Stones and some of the ones that we've seen over the years, and I just, uh, like, for example, Mr. Granite Curling Club, Justin Timberlake last year was, I thought, fantastic. Yeah, I thought my favorite still has got to go with Prince. When he's doing Purple Rain and mm. it's actually raining in the stadium. Like, yes. Like it was like, gee. And, and to think about, and then how Timberlake, uh, JT, paid tribute to uh, Prince last year mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota when basically the whole town went purple after after his performance. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I thought he was okay. I just don't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't blown away by it. Let's save hey, the game. Yeah. If you're a Maroon 5 fan, you loved yeah. it. But, yeah. if, but, but the thing about it is, if you're not, if you're not a Maroon 5 fan, there's nothing to hate about it because it's, it, it, was a, it was a nice, safe show. Yeah, right. And I think that's what the NFL needs right now. Yeah. They, they need a nice, safe show. They don't want any controversy right now. There's enough controversy. Yeah. Let's save the game for last. Let's do the commercials here. Let me just uh, play this. I got a story on the commercials. Interesting, after the commercials aired, of course, everybody's on social media talking about them. Here are some details on the favorites on social media. Listen. According to Twitterverse, Game of Thrones and Bud Light's joint spot drew the most tweets per minute for Super Bowl ads. Marvel Studios' upcoming Avengers trailer sparked the most retweets. Ad expert Donnie Deutsch says girl power was front and center. We've always seen women in ads, but it was how they were portrayed. You know, right now we've got three women running for president. We have more women graduating college than men, so advertisers have kind of figured out we better show women in the powerful light that they're in. Technology also a big hit. Amazon Spot, Alexa Digital Assistant Ideas, rejected by celebrities, got some laughs, but minted <laughs> mobile's chunky milk spot hit a sour note. Michelle Franzen, ABC News. <laughs> Lots of women, lots of robots. Here's and again, I'm going to say, in my opinion, and then you can weigh in, Dave. 
I didn't think the spots were as outrageous this year or as funny oh. as they have been in the past. Absolutely, 100% agreed. In fact, there was, there was really nothing not- notable in my in what I thought until I went home and I watched them back again in, in, the, in the comfort of my own home. But uh, the, uh, the NFL 100-year game, because being a football fan, yeah. being a super, you know, that, but the, the, the neat thing about it is all the NFL stars, and they're Roger Goodell, but then the backstory on it, they didn't start filming that commercial until about middle of January. Really? Put that to get, yeah, put that together in a couple of weeks. And it was my uh, favorite, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, Peter Berg, of Friday Night Lives, uh, Friday Night Lights fame, he put that together. He, they, they shot it in Boston, Orlando, Los Angeles, all over the place hmm. too. Because and they just edited it together. So if you think of take take that and think of that, the marvel of the editing, it was beautifully done. And yep. all those all those NFL stars: Larry Zonka, Dick Buckus, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, yep. Terry Bradshaw. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yep. And then I agree. That, that, and that, according to USA Today. The people chose that as their favorite ad and mentioned in the spot you played that Amazon Alexa one with the little dog following Harrison border out. Yeah. And then the, and the payoff at the end when all the dog foods get unloaded, the dog looks at him. Yeah. That was absolute. I like the Hyundai one with uh, Jason Bateman uh, going up the elevator. Yes, that was really, good too. Yeah. And he says, a vegan dinner party. Is that still a thing? And the people come with the <laughs> beet loaf? <laughs> the beet loaf, yeah. That, that was funny. That really which is, one yeah. was, uh, which one had Charlie Sheen in it? What product was oh. that? Plant, planters peanuts when the when the peanut mobile goes over this yes. massive jump and flies over there, she's sitting on the bench going, and you people think I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was very good. And then we already mentioned a lot of women. I'll just say, Zoe Kravitz, I love you. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, she is just so beautiful and super talented. She's a great actress, and I'll just mention her because she was uh, in one of the ads too, and, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed seeing her. All right, now the and game. One of, and one of our own, the Canadian, Michael Bublé with the bubbly. Michael that Bublé. Funny. That was a funny one too, where he's got the felt pen and he's changing uh, bubbly to Bublé. Yeah, that was... That, uh, yeah, that ranked as number seven on the, uh, of the top ten of commercials. There you go. Excellent. All right, now the game. So, and again, I'll say <laughs> the game was up compared to the commercials and the halftime show. The game might have been the worst of all three. Well, lowest scoring game in, in 53 years of Super Bowl history. But, yeah. you know, the funny thing about that is football purists know that defense wins champions. Yeah, but it's not great to watch. It, it is not. It's not great to watch. But but, but I, I think of, we've discussed this before. When you watch a hockey game and, and you see the score, um, a 2-1 game or a one nothing game, you think dull. But that third period, going into a, game, a hockey game when it's 0-0, yeah. that's a great game all of a sudden. And that's the way the second half was because mm-hmm. you knew at any moment if somebody scored, that could be it. So, you know, and then and you get the 3-3 tie going, and then all of a sudden you, you get the touchdown come ahead, and then that missed field goal when they, when they kicked it because they, they're, 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 then this, um, the Rams are going to try the onside kick. It became a game of chess. But you're absolutely right. Like, you know, because, you know, you, you don't want to see a lot of punts because yeah. people are comparing it to, you know, three-down football a lot. But it wasn't a barn burner, that's for sure. But uh, in terms of the game, I love Tom Brady winning. I like the Me too. Super Bowl rate. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I want to see this guy. How, how many rings can the guy get? He's got six. <laughs> Will it be seven? Can he go again? Can he get eight? Like, you know, you think about six championships in 17 yep. years. Good grief. That's crazy. You know, it, it was, it was a remarkable both teams. Nothing, nothing wrong with what the Rams did. They're going to be a contender for years to come. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I love that little storyline. Everybody talking about, like, you know, the, the, sorry, the Patriots were talking about, yeah, they're underdogs and people are distanced. Well, you know, there's probably no team in football that more people hate 
than the New England Patriots no. for whatever reasons, no. because the championships is kind of like the Montreal Canadiens of hockey. If you're not a Habs fan, you hate them because uh, no. there's all the success that they've had. Well, and, nice to see that. and you mentioned, you know, Dave, six Super Bowl championships in 17 years, but they were also in three other Super Bowls they didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, nine out of 17 years, you're in the Super Bowl and you win six. I know, and people talk about the Buffalo Bills going four years in a row and not winning and what a monumental feat that was. But you know what? You can't do, take anything away and, and say what you will about the New England Patriots or Bill Belichick or yeah. Tom Brady. But these guys know how to win that game against Kansas City in the playoffs was just a genius yeah. game plan to get to the Super Bowl. And you knew when they got there with a couple of couple of weeks to plan. Like it was just unbelievable. And, and like you said, yeah, you know what? If you want to watch a game that's going to end up forty one thirty nine or something like that, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're a fan of the game and you're a fan of defense, and then you go into that third quarter, it became a chess match, and it, yeah. became, it, it was real good. It was. It was fantastic. Let me just play a quick clip here. This is Tom Brady, and he's not done, as you pointed out. Yeah. But they asked him that after the game, he wins, and then they said, are you sure after winning your sixth Super Bowl now that you might not hang it up? Take a listen. This is Tom Brady after the game. All week you've talked about you want to keep playing. You want to play till you're 45. You just won your sixth Super Bowl. Does that change anything at all? It doesn't change anything. I'm going to... I can't wait to just spend some time with my family and my kids and my wife and just uh, I couldn't do it without their support and uh, it's just been a, been a great year. I'm so happy for my teammates. You know, this is, this is this is a dream come true for all of us. Tom Brady, six Super Bowl. Well, he had five in the commercial. He's going to have six now if they do the commercial again next year. Um, yeah. But it's it's yeah. amazing. And he says he's not quitting. And why should he? He's cruising. The amazing thing about that little scrum is that poor little CBS reporter. I, I know. She just got squished. And you could see her because you know, her mic was hot, too. And they're asking her, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? Yes, I know. <laughs> and and yeah. because because that got a little rough there. And even uh, Kraft there, the owner of the Pats, I was kind of worried about him, too, because he's not a real big guy. And that crowd's kind of pushing all those uh, cameras, pushing people around. And, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and, and, and then when you actually saw the interview, she's absolutely tiny. Yeah, right beside Tom yeah. Brady. Like, she did a good job, though. She hung. Supper. She did a great job. She hung in there. Yeah, she yeah. got her story, and then uh, and and then that and that's a funny thing too. You know, you win the championship. You want to you want to congratulate the other team. You want to meet with your family. But man, oh man, alive! And they had a they had a kind of a shot, a, a pulled back a shot, and there were so many guys around. There's so many things. Yeah. folks. You know, and, and that's and that was almost like a paparazzi moment. That was almost yeah. like kind of kind of silly, kind of. But, but man, yeah, and Robert Kraft is like, who you 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 buy a professional football team because you have the money and you make a lot of money. But then you win those championships, and people say, you know, guys are just in it for the money. Uh-uh, Robert mm-hmm. Kraft's in it for the championships. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Because uh, you know, I'm I'm not a, as much an NFL fan as I was a few years ago, but uh, we both watch football and understand football and all that kind of stuff. My wife does not watch a lot of football. She watched, and one thing she said about Tom Brady was, "He's such a nice guy. He's being so nice to everybody. He's congratulating others. Went and congratulated some of the other, and we know that as well. That's kind of the way it happens. But you know what? He does seem like a decent guy, doesn't he?" Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw his kids in there, and you yeah. can hear in some of the interviews that you can hear his kids talking and things like that. And and uh, he does he does seem that. I mean, obviously he seems like a down to earth nice guy, but I mean, you know, I don't know what his bank account balance is, but I can kind of only assume it's bigger than yours and yep. mine put together. The whole building, half the city of Winnipeg. Yep, he's doing all right. Hey, uh, Dave, yeah. I got to run. Thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor. You can find them on Twitter at the sports doctor, at the sports doctor on Twitter. By the way, I'm at Hal Anderson on Twitter. If you want to follow me, I'll follow you back. Neil Young. This will heat you up here on a wintry Monday afternoon. And uh, we're also going to talk here about uh, Justin Timberlake. We'll talk Neil Young first of all, but Justin Timberlake rented out the Granite Curling Club and he had a Super Bowl party. Boy, would I love to be at the Super Bowl party at the Granite Curling Club with Justin Timberlake, JT and his buddies, all the band and all the people traveling. And uh, joining us now here, you can read all of his stuff, including a story right now, uh, which is number one on the website, cgob.com, about Justin Timberlake. Sam Thompson is one of our online journalists. Uh, Sam, hello, good afternoon. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Justin Timberlake, there's some details there, although everybody's being pretty quiet about this, right? They're not talking about it. Nobody's talking. Yeah, I think all we've heard is that he had, um, he was there, his band was there, and his yeah. crew was there, and they, they curled and then watched uh, the Super Bowl. Which I think is cool that Justin cool, Timberlake yeah. curled in Winnipeg. Yeah, you wouldn't think someone from Tennessee maybe yeah. has a curling background, but right. yeah, there you go. Yeah, so maybe that's, because at first I was thinking, well, why would they rent the Granite Curling Club? They could have rented a bar or whatever, but maybe that's why. They wanted to curl first and uh, and, and then watch the game. And kind of cool that, you know, it was a year ago that he was performing at the halftime yeah. show, and here he is now at the Granite Curling Club in Winnipeg watching the Super Bowl. Different environment for yeah, sure, yeah. no yeah. kidding. Neil Young, I started with Neil Young's downtown there because we are getting all kinds of sightings of Neil. He's posting stuff from Winnipeg on his social media. What what do we know? Well, Neil um, has been, I say Neil as if I know him. Yeah, right. I do the same (laughs) thing. No, he's, um, he sounds, seems like he's been doing a tour of some of his old haunts. He, um, you know, he grew up uh, in the River Heights area, went to Calvin High School. And uh, there's a photo that he posted on his social media of him with one of the original Squires. Of his old band when cool. he was a teenager. The, the Squires, yeah. Yeah, outside the Crescentwood Com- yeah. Community Club where they played one of their first shows. Yeah. So that's cool. And he's also posted a little video on Twitter of uh, him watching kids play hockey at the River Heights Community Center. Isn't that something, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And he's been commenting too. Uh, you know, he, on his Instagram, he said, uh, "What a feeling to be home in Winnipeg, especially now with all of you. There's something very special about this visit." So you know, and it's funny. Over the years, it almost felt like he was avoiding Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. And now to see him on social media posting photos and, like you said, visiting these community clubs where he performed and and, and a comment like that from him, it, yeah, uh, it, it's really. Uh, I love Neil Young. Me too. Big uh, fan but of but now to hear comments like that, it makes me go, okay, we we just mid. We just didn't understand or misread those years where we thought, well, maybe he's not into Winnipeg right. anymore. Well, I think that there's always been the debate about who he belongs to because we claim yeah. him as a Winnipegger, right. but so does Toronto and so do a few other communities. And I think that yeah. this, him calling us home, right. sort of some points in our favor, right? Mm-hmm. Do we know if Daryl Hannah's with him? Because Daryl Hannah, and him are, they're married I now. I think they're married now, yeah. 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 Have uh, we seen any pictures of her in that? Not or? on his social no, media, I, but uh, hmm. I, now that you mentioned it, I'm going to go see if yeah. she has a Facebook or an Instagram. Go and, and see, yeah. because they're married, and I would be uh, curious to know if, yeah. she's, if she's with him or not. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, Sam Thompson, you can read his stuff at cjob.com, including the number one story right now at the website, Justin Timberlake at the Granite Curling Club watching the Super Bowl. So Facebook is 15 years old today. We'll start the conversation with this. 
Facebook when Mark Zuckerberg and four other Harvard students launched it in a dorm room in 2004. Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. And that is how he described it last year when Zuckerberg was testifying to Congress about the social network that's become much more than a place where friends voluntarily share things. It's clear now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. But despite concerns about election interference, fake news, and privacy, a study by Pew says today more than two-thirds of American adults use Facebook. Scott Goldberg, ABC News. Yeah, I forgot about that. When it first came out, it was the Facebook. And then it just, over time, became Facebook. And I remember uh, I was up the hall on Power 97, and Facebook came out. And I put it off for a long time. I just thought, this is, it'll come and go. It'll whatever. You know, there were like MySpace and all those others that kind of came and went. And then eventually I thought, I better get on this because it's obviously going nowhere. So let's talk about Facebook turning 15. And is there another Facebook out there? Or are the Facebooks of the world buying any little organic upstarts before they go anywhere? If they see something kind of taking off, do they buy it up so that it doesn't become competition? And Facebook, of course, now owns Instagram. What is the future of social media? Joining us now, somebody great to talk about this, Randall Craig. Randall is, well, he has several books, but he's the author of Social Media for Business. Randall, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Wonderful. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, Facebook at 15. Um, any surprise it's, it's had a, Facebook's had a tough year, uh, or, or so, um, but it is still really the big one, right? When it comes to social media, although others like Instagram are starting to, uh, really catch on, but Facebook owns Instagram. It sure does. And, and, you know, when you say, well, what's the future of social media? And, you know, we heard Mark Zuckerberg talk earlier we have to remember that right now it's a misbehaving petulant teenager that's exactly what it is and what we're seeing in the news so often and this speaks to the future of social media unfortunately there's an accelerating degree of distrust and particularly of facebook because of some of the things they've been involved in right. and that have been exposed over the last year yeah, and uh, but it hasn't seemed to have hurt Facebook at all. I mean, share prices, the revenues are are up. Still, you know, lots of people using it. it. They've had some negative publicity, but it hasn't really seemed to have hurt them at all. No, no, the latest earnings increased substantially over the last year. No, but you know something? It's due to a philosophy of deceit, and and you know whether it's their research apps or the. Onovo, VPN, there's all kinds of things I'm sure will also be coming out. And, you know, the teenager is being exposed for what it is. And I think one of the biggest problems is that, you know, as a society, we're driven to connect. And and, uh, social media and Facebook in particular helps us do that so, 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 so well. So it's not going away, um, but we're driven to it. Are there other Facebooks on the horizon or uh, is it now to the point where the Facebooks and the Twitters will snap up anything that starts to get traction? Um, well, f- certainly they are. It, it's a lot easier to acquire something that has traction than to reinvent that itself. Of course, one of the reasons why people are so upset about some of these apps that Facebook has, has put out is because they're able to see um, surreptitiously what it is. In fact, it is taking off so they can perhaps acquire them. Um, 
Yeah, you know, there's a, a number of them. You know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, LinkedIn is is there. There's a few others as well. They're you know a little bit second tier. There's hundreds of these social media sites. Sadly, most without a business model, and they'll they'll eventually go away. But there's still a huge amount of innovation that actually happens here. A huge amount of innovation. So yes. And I mentioned your book, Social Media for Business. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and especially Instagram, it seems, of late. If you're a business owner, you need to be on social media, don't you? Um, I think you you do. But social media from a business perspective is changing quite substantially. It's becoming more of a pay-to-play kind of thing. Before, you could post something on Facebook, and every one of your followers, your your customers and your prospects would see it. Um, but now, unless you are paying to boost them, Pretty much nobody will see them. Hmm. Uh, it's still a powerful tool, though, for customer service. Uh, uh, it's still a, a great tool for marketing and sales and awareness. Uh, but there's a price tag attached to it. And is because uh, I've seen that on on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, where you can pay to boost. Is that a good bang for your buck when it comes to uh, advertising? If you're a business person listening this afternoon. Well, it really depends, you know, fish where the fish are. It depends on where your prospects are. If your prospects are on Facebook or on any of these other social sites, mm. you can be very specific about targeting. And it's just a question of ROI. You spend so much of an ad. What's the return on the ad? How many people come to your website? How many people transact on the website? How many people phone up your service line and say, yes, I want some of that or go to your store? So um, sadly, most businesses don't do that kind of, um, leg work to see whether, in fact, it makes most sense. Experimentation is a very bad idea. Um, measurement isn't. Yeah. And I'll, I'll maybe end with this one final question before we uh, let you go and take a break here. W- what do you see then going forward with social media? Do you see the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams just getting bigger and, and better at what they do? Or do you see others maybe uh, coming into the picture and competing with the big ones? Uh, maybe I'll answer that from a maybe different perspective. They're going to get bigger. They're going to be entrenched, just like old media became entrenched for many years. But I think what we can expect to see is we're going to expect to see a lot more regulation uh, from government on one hand. Uh, we're going to have a lot more uh, understanding from generally people that, you know, Facebook isn't free. We're actually paying with our data. We're paying with our privacy. And right now there is no sticker uh, price sticker on that particular commodity. And I think that's some of the changes we're going to see coming down the pike. Interesting. Randall, thanks a lot for this. And if people want more information about your many books that you've written or they want to find out more about you or check out your website, it's randallcraig.com, randallcraig.com. Thanks a lot. Happy to help. Appreciate it. Randall Craig joining us, uh, author, bit of a social media expert, one of his books, Social Media for business. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting, you know, if if his prediction ends up happening and uh, we see more regulation when it comes to social media, boy, that's, see, I, then I can see a lot of people saying to hell with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I think. What do you think? You want to talk about it? Facebook is 15 today. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, boy, we got some weather out there, don't we, uh, is joining us now on the phone. Hello, Bruce. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How about you? 
Excellent. All right. So um, I guess depending on where you're at in southern Al- uh, Manitoba, we got between most places 15 to 20 centimeters of snow, which is kind of what we thought. It was supposed to be less, and then gradually it looked like, no, we're gonna we're probably going to get 10 to 15. Um, but now we're going to get real cold tonight, minus 30 wind chills pushing minus 40. Right, and then it's going to be... Actually, it won't be too bad tomorrow because the wind won't be so bad, but then there's a chance of snow later in the day. Snow is likely tomorrow night, but this is a two to four centimeter snow. This is a clipper. This isn't a big snow, but it will reinforce the cold air, so the cold air will be back. And really, over the next week, temperatures will be below average. They won't be crazy cold. won't see minus 40 anywhere around here, but it's still going to be unseasonably cold. And then uh, as you look in your weather crystal ball, uh, out there a ways. Are we going to continue to see the snow and cold now that we've seen over the last uh, few weeks here? Well, I don't see a big break. I don't see a big warm-up anytime soon. And one of the things with this last blast is it went a little further west. It, it was It's snowing or was snowing earlier in Seattle today. Wow. That's unusual. Yes, it does, it does happen, but it's not very common. And it was minus four, which is really cold for them. So it nudged a little further to the west. Now, what I don't have is the new El Nino numbers. If I had those, I'd be able to tell you if it has weakened or not, because if it has weakened, then that doesn't bode well for an early spring. But I'm not sure yet, because the new numbers probably won't come out for another couple of days. Well, when those numbers come out, send me a text and let me know, okay, if it's worth getting you on. Because, yeah, you've been watching those El Nino numbers, because they, they really are, although it's a... A mild El Nino, I guess, is the best way well, to put yeah, it. It's weak El Nino. It's not very strong. But yeah. It's also a little less strong than it was the month before, and we'll have to see what it did in January. So if it did weaken further, then it have, would have almost no effect at this point because it was at 0.85 degrees. It has to be 0.5 above average to be in El Nino in the first place. 0.85 is not a strong El Nino by any means. And so if the El Nino keeps weakening, then we're likely to transition or trend more toward a more normal winter. Would that be safe to say? Right, yeah, exactly, because it wouldn't be there. One of the things an El Nino does, it pushes everything to the east, all the cold air. A strong El Nino, we wouldn't have gotten that minus 40 because it would have been shoved off to the east, but it wasn't strong enough to do that. It was strong enough to keep most of the west coast away from the cold weather. Now Vancouver's cold, Seattle's cold, and, you know, that's makes me wonder, saying, well, okay, how strong is this right now if it's doing that? They don't get that normally during an El Nino year, but again, it's a not a strong El Nino. Uh, we'll have to see, like I said, in the next couple of days, hopefully I'll get the yeah. new numbers, and that will probably tell me quite a bit. And are the conditions still right for us if things go that way, uh, for us to see another polar vortex? I know some things are were happening that made that uh, happen, uh, could we see another blast of cold weather like that for several days? Yeah, we could, and I'm, I'm not sure if we get quite as cold later in the season, of course, but we could still get very cold compared to average, get close to record lows. We got close to a record. It was um, you know, slightly above the all-time record, but not by much, and so it could definitely, because again, 1899 is one of the worst cold outbreaks ever. Yeah. That was the first couple of weeks of February for most of it. And most of those records are still standing today. Yeah. The only so reason we didn't break more records is because uh, in 1899, it was the coldest ever. Right. Yeah. And so some of those records, lots of the days, if you go back in the old records are, are 1899 records this first couple of weeks of the month. So we could get, Close. Now, after mid-February, 
if there happens to be a really, really cold air mass that hits, yeah, maybe we can break a record. I don't, don't count on it, but certainly I see the trend at least over the next week and probably the next couple weeks of being below average. Hmm. All right, so a little more snow. Looks like we're going to get a bit of cold. Boy, we didn't. We skipped fall altogether, and then winter was kind of wasn't around at all. And boy, we're getting it now. I just hope I don't ever see the trees change in July again because this hasn't. I remember. I remember back to that. Oh boy, here we are. Yeah, and we are seeing. You know, I mean, it took a while to. Like I said, it took a while to happen, but winter is definitely kicked in now. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely here. I just don't know how long it's going to last. And how... Now, of course, we've got more snow on the ground. That's going to delay spring a little bit just for that alone. If you get a really low snow winter where there's not much on the ground, well, then the sun can get through that and yeah. melt it, and then the sun heats up everything because the ground's darker. But mm. with more more snow on the ground, it's going to delay that a little bit. Yeah. I know you're not a big football guy. Were you watching the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, I was watching it. It was not a, yeah, well, of course, well, actually, hey, it was actually Dave Patrician put something on his Facebook page about a, a, a Super Bowl-sized um, Caesar salad, and I said, yeah, but if the Vikings were in the game, you'd have to eat it in the vicinity of someone who knows the Heimlich maneuver. So. <laughs> because they choke, yes. Yes. Ah, yes, the Vikings fans know all about lines like that. All right, pal, listen, thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk to you later. There he goes, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. Best way to get to his website is to go to my website, halanderson.ca. halanderson.ca. You can find Bruce's uh, link there, and uh, that's probably your best bet. Kevin Klein is the city councilor for Charleswood Tuxedo in Westwood, and he joins us on the phone now for a few minutes. Hi, Kevin. Hi, uh, welcome back. Nice yeah, to have you back. Thank you. I was reading your, uh, I think it was your Twitter feed, or maybe it was on Facebook. You were talking about the idea of warming centers for Winnipeg. You know, we had that polar vortex. It got very cold. We worry about uh, homeless people and others, but homeless people especially uh, when right. the weather gets cold like that. And we are a Winnipeg, you know, Winnipeg is winter peg. We are a winter city, and yet yeah. we don't really have what other cities where it does not get as cold have. Other cities have warming centers. So what's the solution here? I I think it's a good idea, but how do we do it without it costing taxpayers a bunch of money? Well, it's a great question. And first of all, I mean, it it started on Twitter with Nancy and and a few others that are very passionate about this. And these are just people that live in Winnipeg that care about the less fortunate. And it's so fantastic to see. And it's great that they're bringing this issue to the forefront. Um, I agree. We need to have something for to help the, the vulnerable in our community. And I think the answer is, uh, is more than one solution. I don't know if just the city putting up a building or buying a building and making it a 24-hour center, is that the answer? We have to look at the summer when it's extremely hot. Is there a place where they can cool, cool down? Or is there, you know, how do we get the message out to those that there is a place to go as well. And how do we get them there? I mean, it's one thing to say, we'll tweet out the locations or we'll put it on Facebook, but they don't have a cell phone. If they don't have access to the internet, right. they don't know how to get there. So I, I think uh, with, along with Councillor Na- uh, Sean Nason from Transcona, who's very passionate about this as well, we've been talking about uh, working together and getting a group of like-minded people together, people that have lived it possibly, people that understand what's going on, and sit down with them and say, what is the right answer? How can we we as the city support this and make this happen. Maybe there's an organization we can uh, partner with that know 
knows how to do this as opposed to us trying to do it, maybe work with them and help them with the funding and say, you're going to be responsible for our for the vulnerable in our city. And how can we help you do that? And what can we do to get you to that level and how quickly? Yeah, because I, you know, and obviously you mentioned it, one of the solutions would be build a building, buy a building and hire people and, and operate it as a warming center or a cooling center, I guess, in the in the summer when that's uh, when that's needed. But I think the problem with that is, as a taxpayer who does not want to see his taxes go up anymore, we're paying for that. So is there already existing infrastructure that we can somehow flip a switch and then that infrastructure becomes a warming center? Right. I, I think that's a good idea, and that's something that we have to consider, and that's why we also have to talk to the experts and find out what their thoughts are. We, I am not an expert. I want to talk to somebody who knows what's yeah. going on, who's living it every day, who's dealing with this, and I want to hear what they want. I don't want to put you know, my thoughts or, or uh, aspirations on them. I'm not here to tell them what to do. I'm here to help them get something done. And what I'd like to see get done, and as I said, Councillor Nason, is I'd like to see a plan put in place so that we're not just thinking about this when it hits minus 40. Right. And I don't understand, you know, if we have a deal, when it hits minus 45, we're going to put this into place. But minus 40 is warmer? I mean, come on. We have to think about that, right? Minus 40 and minus 45 to me are exactly the same. Yeah. So, again, let's have that conversation. Let, let's set the bar a little bit differently and think about people. Uh, again, like you said, is there a way we can help with infrastructure? Do we have a building where we can turn it over to an organization and say, let's work together. We'll give you the building. Let's put a plan into place to take care of the vulnerable. I mean, it's the least we can do. And when you say experts, then, is that like the people at Silo Mission, the people at the Red Cross, those people? Uh, you know, I, I think so, but I also think it's people that have lived it. I've talked to some folks that uh, have had to, uh, you know, that have lived on this. Well, and you've, li- you and I have talked about this. You've lived it, too, Kevin, for a little while. I did. Uh, yep, absolutely. I had to with my mom and... Uh, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be in a building with uh, hundreds of people and you're sleeping on the floor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've no and I know other people that have, you know, come from that and they've built wonderful lives and they help people. Let, let's talk to them. Let's find out, how, you know, what what did it for them? What helped them? Like, let's give them a hand up instead of a handout. Yeah. Let, let's take this a step further. Again, it's not what why it's not what I do. I'm not an expert at it. I know what it mm. feels like. But let's let's find a way to help them. Surely, yeah. surely we can say, you know, at this time we know winter's going to happen again. It's no secret. It's coming back. We're going to have temperatures of minus forty again, whether it's this year or 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 in 2020. They are going to happen again. Let's be ready for it this time, and not and not just having a building. Let's have the whole solution. How do we find where these people are? How do we save them and get them to that location? So it's a bigger solution than just opening a door to a building and say you can be warm here. Yeah, and you mentioned the experts. I mean, even emergency measures, you know, when there's a flood, there are safe places where people can go. So, I mean, even emergency measures might be amongst the experts that you talk about who can, you know, be a part of the solution, right? Absolutely. Great idea. Absolutely. And and those are the ones that are dealing with it as well, right? Mm. Uh, and and they would know the process. What worked for you? How do you, how do you notify the masses when you can't use technology? How do we not- notify the masses? Let's uh, let's speak to those people and make sure that we are doing the right things to make sure everybody is notified. Yeah, Kevin, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Welcome back. I'm glad yep. you're back. Thanks, Bill. Kevin Thanks. Klein is the city councilor for Charleswood Tuxedo and Westwood. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.